everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Not Another Teen Wolf podcast. We will be getting into Season 2 recapping from either next week or the week after, but before we do that, we thought we'd get you another bite-sized episode just to wrap up our Season 1 coverage, because this week's bite-sized is going to be covering the Search for a Cure webisode series, which was posted online during Season 1 and is set we think either during the pilot episode or directly after the pilot episode. But it's definitely a season one piece of canon material written by Jeff Davis and hosted by AT&T. That is quite a cool little story covering Styles and Scott's research about Scott becoming a werewolf. And obviously his first priority here is to not be a werewolf anymore in these early stages. As usual, if you've got any thoughts on this episode, if you've got any thoughts on the show in general, or, you know, any advice, feedback, any of those words, you can always contact us on Twitter, which is NATW Podcast at Twitter, Gmail, which is NATW Podcast at Gmail, or Tumblr, which is not another Teen Wolf You can always reach us on any of those, so if you liked this or if you've got anything else to say, please feel free to hit us up as soon as you're done listening to the episode. So yeah, it's actually quite a complex little story. Karen's done the the recap for it, and then we're going to talk about what it means in the entire overarching series of Teen Wolf. Okay, so the webisode series starts off with Styles showing Scott a video of a doctor talking about lycanthropy. The doctor isn't talking about it in the sense of the medical disease where someone believes he is a werewolf, but about the proven and scientific fact that werewolves exist. Styles tells Scott that the doctor changed his name to Dr. Fenris because he was ridiculed for his beliefs. But Fenris is the son of Loki in mythology and is a giant wolf, so they assume that the doctor still believes. Styles thinks this is the expert they need to consult in order to find Scott a cure. Luckily enough, the doctor resides in Beacon Hills. Styles and Scott chase down the doctor and try to ask him questions, but he says he doesn't talk about werewolves anymore. They then try to break into his house to find research he had conducted over the last 15 years, but the doctor shows up and holds them at gunpoint. Scott talks the doctor into lowering his gun and explains how he came across a werewolf for the first time. He said that a woman came into the ER having been wounded by an arrow. When Dr. Fenris took it out, it healed incredibly fast. We find out that hunters use arrows because the wounds won't heal until they're taken out. The doctor also says that he spent five years looking for the woman and followed her to Beacon Hills, where she disappeared. He shows them a photograph of the woman and her son. The boy is Derek. The doctor then tells them about the wolf moon, which is in January, and the ritual that usually takes place during it. It's like a family reunion, and the wolves draw strength from each other because they're stronger in a pack. Scott asks if there's a cure, and the doctor says he has never found one. Frustrated that he can't find his cigarettes and not wanting to talk about werewolves anymore, the doctor kicks Styles and Scott out. As he's leaving, Scott asks the doctor if he really doesn't believe in werewolves anymore. The doctor says sometimes he does, but then he snaps back to reality. Scott tells the doctor where the cigarettes are hidden, his eyes flash amber, and he leaves. The doctor rushes inside and finds the cigarettes, then back outside to watch as Styles and Scott drive away, obviously confused and possibly rethinking his stance on the subject. And there the webisode series ends. So overall, what did you think about this little mini story that they had going here? I actually really liked it. Like, I was surprised because I 
had heard it was an it was it's basically an advertising campaign for AT&T. It's it was sponsored by them. It's each episode features a different AT&T product like the computer, like the the tablet, phone, whatever. And I almost didn't realize like watching it it was it wasn't like it wasn't like a product placement thing where they make a big deal of it at all like you know we're going to show you this in that kind of way and and I've seen music videos and stuff that I know got funded because of product placement and that that product placement is much more obvious and 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 the placement is not actually central to the plot or anything like that this because of what they were doing because they were using phones and computers to do this research it actually really worked to the point where I barely registered it as an advertisement and I thought that the content the writing was just as good pretty much as as any other Teen Wolf episode the dialogue and and the plot and yeah I actually really liked it and I would be up for for more of these little sort of side stories because Jeff wrote this himself so it is actually canon it's not like I know that recently they did like an ad, like a an ad for a car app or something. Like a yeah, have you seen I that? that. Like, yeah, like, um, yeah. And and it's kind of Styles and Scott, and you know they're planning a, a date. You know Scott's planning a date with Allison, and that's kind of like a joke. Like it's not, you know, it, it, it's highlighting the product and it's a joke. But this was not like that at all. This is this is really legit, and I, I actually really liked it. Yeah, with the other one, it was like the product was first and then the story was secondary whereas this the story was first and the products were secondary and I agree like it's really I mean you know that it's an advertisement with how they place the phones and stuff like that but you kind of forget about that and you really just want to find out what happens and I really enjoyed it too and it was funny because I actually saw the first episode like I don't know way back and then I actually didn't realize that there was more than one part and so tonight, I just watched it for the first time, so that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I, I really liked it too, and I think it would be great if they did more of these in between seasons or something. I mean, it's probably too late for that now, but they could really kind of have a cool thing going here. I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree. I thought it was it was really cool and complex and just really, really interesting. It, d- it did actually address a lot of specifics, some of which we will have to talk about my first discussion point is how the doctor mentions the greek origins of the werewolf and this just sort of had me wondering you know could this leave the door open for more creatures based on greek mythology which i would find really cool because greek mythology is like one of my you know top passions it's something that i've loved for a really long time and um not to get into like the whole Greek mythology side of it, but pull maybe some things from the mythology and sort of turn it into their own thing. I think that would be really cool to see what sort of monsters they could, you know, come up with and introduce into the storyline. Yeah, definitely. One that popped into my head as you were talking about Greek mythology, that as far as I know, a lot of supernatural shows never do. Maybe Supernatural itself has covered this as a story because they've covered everything, but I know Buffy (laughs) never did. Is like um like a minotaur kind of story maybe or like like those kind of creatures that could be interesting something like that or what other kind of things would you think of? I don't know. I mean, I, it would be cool to have something even like sirens. You know, if there was a woman who had some sort of supernatural power and mm. and she had sway over men or something like and I'll. I know you're right, like Supernatural has done a lot of those sort of things and, 
even Charmed has taken, I think they've had um, like the Furies and they've had Sirens too, I believe. Mm. And you can do pretty much anything with it and they don't have to go mainstream or even have it really closely tied to the myth. They, you know, Jeff could mm. sort of warp it to fit into this world a bit better. Mm. And I think that would be really neat to see. Yeah. Because they, they mention a lot of other mytho- mythology as well, like the Norse and all of that as well. Mm-hmm. So they do have a lot to draw from if they did want to be looking at other monsters. But then the Kanima was, as far as I can tell, completely made up for Teen Wolf. Like it was, I, I've looked it up and I've looked it up and I cannot find that it is based in a real legend. So they could really be going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Was it in the show, actually, where they mentioned it was South American? Uh, maybe? I don't I don't remember that. We'll have to look at it at season two, I suppose. Um, yeah. Possibly, but I have, if I'm wrong, please tell me, listeners, but I have, like, researched this to death, and as far as I can tell, the Kanima is just a Teen Wolf thing. So it may be based on something that's called something else, and maybe they'd do that if they had something like a siren or a minotaur, they'd... They wouldn't call it the same thing, but it'd be sort of based in a legend. But it really is open quite wide to all sorts of things. And I don't know whether we'll actually be having many other mythical... Like, how many types of mythical creatures are meant to exist in the world now that werewolves exist in the world as well? That's something that I'm curious about. Because you've got, again, like, say Buffy or, say, Supernatural, where they, they discover, you know, one thing, like vampires or whatever, and then it's it's not just that, it's everything. Whereas in something like, I don't know, maybe Twilight, they have vampires and they have the werewolf shapeshifters, which are the predators of the vampires, and that's it. It's not like every type of mythical creature exists in the world, it's just those specifics. And so I don't know which direction Teen Wolf would go in as far as the amount of supernatural existence there is out there. One thing that I know that you noticed as well was in the fourth clip, the fourth episode, when the boys are debating going into the doctor's house, there is extreme tension between Scott and Styles. Like Scott ribbing Styles about always failing and all of that kind of thing. And it was really interesting dynamic and obviously that dynamic does seem to change over the rest of the series uh, because Scott starts to really depend on Styles and Styles Styles does a lot of work and has a lot of logic and you know obviously proves himself as very intelligent but at this point in the series which is meant to be right after Scott got bitten Scott's very playfully kind of teasing Styles about being the derpy failure that people think he is and Styles's reactions to it are really really not tolerant like he just kind of turns around and looks at Scott like really really that interests me because I know that one of the points that I made early on in season one was that maybe dealing with this werewolf stuff is the first time that Styles has actually been taking something so seriously and that he was struggling to actually be taken seriously when he needed to because people were so used to not taking him seriously, if you know what I mean. And I think yeah. this is probably an example of that, that Scott hadn't adjusted into the idea that Styles wasn't just his, you know, funny friend that falls over a lot or something. Like, <laughs> that, you know, that maybe he didn't even... I, I don't think Styles has always not been unintelligent or something like that. They always talk about his grades and all of that, but I don't think Scott ever maybe knew that much about him. And it's kind of like, 
he kind of gives Styles the sassy joke answer and he's kind of looking at him like, yeah, like kind of smiling, like, haha, isn't this funny? And Styles are just like, no, it's not funny. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, what you wrote this point down, so what, what exactly were you noticing there? Um, well, first I just want to say this one was probably my favorite episode and it was so funny in the beginning and especially when Styles punches the door and you just know it's not going to work and then he just turns around in his face and he's like all cussing and stuff and oh, it was I was dying. It was so funny. But yeah, I definitely noticed the tension and it brought up a comment we had gotten a while back about, you know, does... Scott blamed Styles for what happened. Was Styles feeling guilty about what happened, thinking that he was the cause of it? And to me, more than anything in the actual show, this sort of sort of showed me that. And I don't know if that's like where they were going or, you know, if that was intended like that specifically, but I definitely there was definitely tension there and it was just uh very odd to see because usually they are so playful and back and forth and Styles was just having none of it. Like he turned around so slowly and gave him that look like really and Scott was like, Oh, never mind. <laughs> Not a good time. Yeah, and it yeah, it just definitely did cement for me that I think that whatever's going on in Styles' head, this is the first time that he has really needed to be taken seriously and people don't take him seriously and that he has to, to deal with that and obviously the people who trust him do come to take him seriously but this is definitely in the, the period of time that when even Scott is like not realising what stars is actually like and what stars is actually capable of so you know even when he was talking about all the stuff that he he'd researched all of the stuff about loki and, and fenris and he was like scott's like really oh my god and stars is just like you have no idea why that's relevant do you and he's like no and <laughs> it's interesting because we have the division of of scott you know being elevated now in some way you know with his his powers but it also it also elevates styles in a sense because it's you know changing styles into someone who is gaining this respect from i guess not from the general public but from the people that know the situation yeah and i like how they don't make scott perfect as far as like him getting the superpower and now he's just you know he's perfect there's nothing wrong with him he's super fast and super smart and everything like they they kind of take him a peg down. They kind of take him down a peg when they're talking about his intelligence. Not to say that he's not intelligent because, you know, he is to an extent. Um, not as much as Styles, obviously, but, I mean, he is smart. He does get good grades when he isn't distracted by all this stuff. And I, that's one of the things that I like about Scott so much is that he's not perfect and that he is, you know kind of the derpy one and everything and and that styles gets to shine in that respect compared to him whereas you know in everything else scott's obviously going to win because of the whole werewolf thing Mm. so it's nice to see that dynamic between the two of them Mm. my next question was about the woman that the doctor was talking about the one that he had treated and he said that she he followed her to beacon hills and she disappeared and my question was did she die in the fire or did she actually disappear? And he says that he only found that picture and that it was probably with her son. And obviously the boy in the picture is Derek. So I guess my first question is, 
was she really Derek's mom? Do we know that for sure? Or do you think it could have been somebody else? Well, I think that it potentially was Derek's mother, but it, it's clear that he didn't know their names. So if she disappeared, it means that maybe he'd seen her and he was tracking her, but he didn't know her name, and then she stopped being around, so she could have died. And he said he met her in Wisconsin it's a question of whether you know whether the whole family was there and they all moved to Beacon Hills or if he found that photograph once he was in Beacon Hills and, and whoever the woman was, Derek's mother or her, his aunt maybe, was passing through Wisconsin or something like that. And he obviously ended up tracking her there. Yeah, I'm going to assume that it was either Derek's mother or his aunt, if he has an aunt, but yeah, and that it was someone that did die in the fire. But clearly the Doctor never knew the name or anything like that because he'd have a lot more to go on if he did. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of Wisconsin, you know, it just kind of got me wondering about Derek's life before Beacon Hills. Not necessarily just before the fire, but, you know, did they live there? Like you said, were they just passing through? Did his whole family live there? And if she got shot by an arrow, then I'm assuming that the hunters were on tour. Maybe they moved to Beacon Hills to be safe or you know, something along those lines. But it just kind of got me curious about what exactly was going on prior to them moving to Beacon Hills permanently. Because he says it took something like five years to track her down or something like that. Yeah. And then the fire was then six years after that. So, or did he say he met her five years ago? No, he said he met her and then he spent five years trying to track her down and finally found her in Beacon Hills where she disappeared. Okay, yeah, because he's known about this stuff for like 15 years, so that, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, in that case, yeah, I do think it was probably Derek's mother and that I don't know whether it was that they they travelled the whole pack or the family or whether, you know, it just happened to be a passing through thing and, you know, or that she was she was on the run or visiting another part of the family it's it's something i definitely want to know more about though especially as they so clearly linked it to derek and De- and jeff wrote it so it's there's something there it's not throwaway yeah exactly so the doctor dr fenris is once again we've seen him in the episode wolf spain he was the doctor that helped jackson and as far as I can tell, this is meant to be set well before that, like a good, you know, several weeks before that. So it's Tyler Posey's father, John Posey, playing the Doctor. He, he reoccurs in, you know, the standard episode in, in Wolf Spain. And he's not in season two at all. But I feel like that this would be an interesting character to come back as a recurring character actually dealing with the werewolves, not just as, you know, Jackson's doctor. Do you think there's a possibility he could be an important part of, like, a later season? Could he start working with Scott or Deaton to help the wolves deal with problems, you know, or covering them up? And whether he could actually help Scott track down the cure, or even if he could interact with Derek about his mother or something like that? Yeah, I think that would be really interesting. It's funny because in the actual season he's sort of a throwaway character i mean he's not really anything to think twice about but in the webisode series which is this whole separate thing it's basically an advertisement like i was so invested in him and his character Mm. and and his past and 
I would really like to see him come back. I think he was a great actor for the little bit of time that he was on there and, and really sold his part. I definitely think that he could start working with Scott and the others, and I think it'd be cool to start have him start working with the vet as well. And um, I think it would be a good thing to sort of have him be like a research partner or something. I mean, he's got 15 years worth of information, and there's got to be something he knows that, you know, other people don't necessarily know, maybe even Deaton. Just because, you know, he's in the middle of all this doesn't mean he has all the answers. So it would be cool to bring him in and sort of um, have him help Scott out to either, you know, track down the cure or just sort of become a more consistent character in the series. Yeah. One thing, and this is a little bit of an aside, I basically just want him to come back for the potential of seeing as Derek's entire house and life burnt down. I really would love someone to obtain a copy of that photo for Derek. Um, Yeah, like if it is his mother, because I doubt that he has one. And, you know, I like to see Derek, you know, cry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like... You were calling me cruel before. Like is a strong word. Not like, but, you know, I... I feel strongly about it, but um, but no, I think that he would, in general, the fact, the amount of research he has, I would like to know if there are other people out there in the world that, you know, have had this, because this guy, he's so troubled by the fact that he's gone through all this, and that he believes it, and that he's had such problems in his life, but there are communities of humans that know about it, and for him to actually get that support would be really really good because I it's like you said like I did really feel for him in this I was very invested in him and actually the the bit at the end where Scott actually hints towards being a werewolf where Fenris is given as many answers as he can and you know is clearly emotionally exhausted by the entire thing and Scott kind of sniffs out the cigarettes and gives him a little flash of the eyes to say hey sort of you're not crazy don't don't give up hope kind of thing. It made me cry. Like it, the first time I watched it, it made me cry. And today when I rewatched it, it made me kind of tear up again as well. And I, and it's like my favorite Scott moment in maybe the entire series of Teen Wolf was that moment. Like my favorite thing of like Scott being a really sweet person and, and really loving him. That is probably my favorite Scott moment in any of the Teen Wolf canon and yeah i would really like the guy to just actually get some valid validation you know yeah yeah definitely i think scott was really strong throughout this whole series this whole little webisode series and i really enjoyed him a lot more than i usually do so that's kind of cool the whole thing with fenris too it sort of it was interesting to me because When you watch Supernatural TV shows, you sort of have to suspend your disbelief that, like Supernatural, for instance, if anyone out there watches Supernatural, they basically save all these people from all this stuff. And after a while, you're like, okay, it's been like eight or nine seasons. How are, like, all these regular people not just like, okay, you know, like, demons exist. There's like 10,000 of us that have seen them by now. And and you sort of just have to forget about all that. And with this, I thought it was interesting that they they showed him coming to the conclusion that this thing exists and having 
maybe not concrete proof, but at least, you know, the eyewitness and obviously he's somebody respectable if he's a doctor, but then at the same time having people shun him because they think he's crazy. And, and it's just a, a sort of minor point, but I thought it was interesting how they, they wrapped all that into this and it made it a little bit more realistic for me. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I thought it, the whole thing was just very well handled. I thought it was all, it was such a good quality story for, like, I'm going to say, like, for an advertisement, but even not for an advertisement. Even if it wasn't an advertisement, it would still be a good quality miniseries. And the fact that it is actually done as an advertisement is almost boggling, the, the fact that it is so good, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's just Teen Wolf, though, and all of those people, you know, who yep. <laughs> think it's a stupid show about werewolves are missing out. Um Okay, so the next thing is this whole wolf moon ceremony thing. And we got some of this in the novel On Fire. And basically what it is, is sort of like a family reunion. They get together. And in the book, Derek talks about having to fight with his cousin. And it's I guess it's sort of to establish like a hierarchy or reestablish it or, you know, that sort of thing. And I was just wondering if you know, the wolf moon ceremony could possibly be important in season three at all because season one and season two are basically, they're they're in 10th grade. And so it's one year. And now we're getting into season three. They're going to be in their junior year. And so, you know, the cycle is coming back around. So it's going to be January again. And now that Scott's on more personal terms with Derek and, and there's more werewolves in town and everything. I was just wondering if possibly, you know, the wolf moon ceremony thing could come up again and maybe some sort of relative could come to Beacon Hills maybe to meet up with Derek and possibly that could be where Cora fits in. That could be why she's coming back into town. Yeah, because, yeah, season one and two, then they're both actually set in the, it's it's a very short time period. It's it's actually meant to start as I mean the first episode, the pilot is called Wolf Moon, and I don't know if that's actually meant to represent that that full moon or not. But it's definitely set in like the winter turning to summer period of you know the the second half of the school year, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it yeah it could be that the third season leads up to that you know it could be going from you know summer through winter and it could be leading up to the wolf moon yeah for sure and I definitely think that Cora is a hail at the moment and I definitely think that yeah she was probably a young child when the fire happened and now we are you know going to have some sort of dramatic family reunion but yeah the fact that again that this is something that Jeff has specified that he's thought out and that he's decided this is you know, what werewolves do that he put into this and that that's when the fire happened, presumably, when all of the family were there. That, yeah, that this is definitely something that could be... that could be a plot given sort of the introduction of more werewolves, though I don't know if we're going to see another actual werewolf family as opposed to a a pack, because presumably the alpha pack aren't... The alpha pack aren't hereditary werewolves because they all had to kill other werewolves to be alphas or something. I'm, I'm not sure how that's all going to work. As far as um, season two into season three goes, um, the timing, the season two end basically when the school year ends and then season three picks up four months later, we know at the beginning of the next school year, you think? 
Yeah, I think I think that this season was meant to be. I think that we were, yeah we were definitely meant to be going from winter to summer in season one and two, and then I guess it might be going back the school year either, and it might have ended either just before the school year ended or as the school year was ending, and we're going to come into either the start of their junior year or a few months into their junior year. Yeah. Okay. Because if if you count season one and two by the moons, like by the times that there are actually full moons and they specify each one, it's only about three or four months, the whole of season one and two. Okay. So yeah, I I know there's some people out there that I'm I'm sure there's a timeline that's been drawn up out there, but yeah, some people originally thought that it was season one and two was like a whole year's length, but it's, if you count the actual full moons, it's, it's not, which means a lot happened in a... In a short period yeah. of time for them. But yeah, def- we'll have to see. I was just thinking of it in terms of Cora or, you know, maybe somebody else coming for the Wolf Moon ceremony. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about when uh, season three starts. But the mysterious woman at the beginning of season three, we don't necessarily know that that's Cora. Although I think a lot of people are assuming that it's her, which would probably be a good a- assumption to make. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's not coming specifically for the wolf moon ceremony. But I agree. I I definitely want her to be a hail, some sort of relative. I think that would be really cool to see. And um, probably really emotional for Derek. And apparently we both like seeing Derek sad and crying. So I just I just want his (laughs) inner feelings to come out. I know. Like I want, I want, I want him to realize, you know, I want him to realize who she is, and there to be some big emotional, like, you know, sweeping up into his arms and to Styles and Scott to be staring at him, going like, "Oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> what?" Um, kind of thing. But yeah, we didn't do any favorite quotes from this because it wasn't a full episode, but the dialogue was really funny. Like throughout the whole thing, there was quite a lot of of lines that I genuinely loved like especially lots of good stuff from styles and there's one quote to point out which though which I just found hysterical because it was when styles was basically saying I found you this guy this guy's your only option he's the only one that knows about werewolves and Scott's like "Mm, well we could always ask Derek and styles just goes there you go just mentioning his name again do you enjoy hurting me? And he sounds like a jilted lover. Like, he sounds like, <laughs> you know, he sounds like someone who's, you know, being dumped and they're like, oh my god, how can you talk about his that in front of me kind of thing? And I just found that hysterical, I have to say. Especially yeah. since this was way pre-Steric in the sense of, um, apparently the Steric fandom only really picked up in season two. I don't, I don't personally know. I'm sure there was other people that were, like, way into it from the start, but... But that, just the delivery of that line in particular, I just found so funny. So, yeah. yeah. The whole thing was actually very quotable. It's If you haven't watched it and you watch Teen Wolf, go and watch it. It is, it is on YouTube. There are there are people who have uploaded it to, to YouTube, and I think it's on AT&T's Facebook or something like that. The videos are still online, and they're very, very good. It's like, it's six episodes, and each one goes for about two and a half minutes, and I think the final one's about four minutes. So it's like... 20 to 30 minutes maximum if you're pausing between each video and yeah you should watch it and it's it's really cool and it's canon I agree. so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree that the whole thing's very quotable and like Styles was great and Scott was great too but I really like the doctor too especially yeah. when he's holding the gun and <laughs> he's like god I hate that oath and he lowers yeah. the gun <laughs> he was awesome like, 
And he was yeah. really awesome. And his speech when he was, I gotta say, his speech when he was talking about like what it feels like to have ruined your life and know that you're responsible for it. That was like harsh. That was really yeah. emotional, and it was, it was really, it was really good. Like it was just, yeah, it's good. I li- I definitely like it better than the the novel, mm-hmm. I think. But I would like, in general, more Teen Wolf content to appear for me. So they should do some more of these or or something like that. Yes, definitely. I would even settle for only seeing Fenris in the webisodes if that's what we had to do. Like if he had a time commitment, yeah. sort of problem there like that would be okay like every now and then we had like a five minute webisode or something yeah yeah that would be cool yeah so yes if you're listening to this teen wolf production team which i doubt you are but you know we can dream um (laughs) please give us some more webisodes even if they're not sponsored by at&t but even if they are do it because the product placement wasn't tacky so we're cool with it if it gets us cool content yep please more thank you okay (laughs) cool so we've got a couple of things to do besides from talk about the episode. We have a little bit of news and we actually have a bit of a game to just finish up our te- our season one Teen Wolf coverage as well. So do you want to do the news first? Actually, or let's do jump the into the first? feedback. Okay. The first thing we've got up here really quick is just a little bit of feedback from Defining Random on Twitter. And she just said, I'm curious about the extent of werewolf smelly powers. Scott was really specific about the location of those cigarettes. And I stuck this in here because it made me laugh. But it's also kind of true. Like, I wonder how strong that is and if he has to like walk around all day like smelling all these really horrible things and and you know like or if it's just when he starts transforming like he can turn it on and off or something Mm. like that I don't know yeah because we have that other bit where he's asking you know you know Styles is asking about him smelling emotions which is obviously something that animals can apparently do you know fear or you know whatever and we've had you know in this show them talk about all of the different emotions they can smell and obviously physical items that actually smell even to the human nose are going to be even stronger and if it is something that you have to adjust to hearing as well like all of the senses like hearing everything all at once or whether you have to start wolfing out or or as you said, like tap into it. It would be, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, I'd like to know the specifics and you know how you how you control that because otherwise it must be a bit overwhelming. Yeah, I guess if maybe it's like if you know what you're looking for, like maybe like maybe you can choose to kind of focus on a particular scent and then specify where it comes from. I I God, I don't I don't know. It's it definitely is a bit curious. Yeah. All right. So we just had um, one piece of news this week. Things been a little bit slow lately. And unfortunately, it's not the happiest story in the world. But basically, Gage Golightly, who plays Erica in season two, she's not actually going to be returning for season three. And there is some sort of... I mean, I guess it's official confirmation because it did come from her management team, but there hasn't been an announcement or anything like that. But we do know that she won't be showing up in season three at all. And I took to Twitter right after this and I asked a bunch of you guys what you thought. And we got a lot of responses and a lot of people were pretty sad about this, actually. They 
you know, some were sort of on the fence where they're like, well, she wasn't the best character in the world, but she had a lot of potential and she was just starting to get good and, and that sort of thing. So a lot of people were sad to, to learn that she was going to be leaving. But what about you, Natalie? Cause I know Erica's not your favorite character in the world, but are you sad that she's not going to be in season three? Yeah, I am. I, in the first time I watched season two, I didn't like her. Like the whole season, I was like, I want to smack you. You need to sit down. You don't have the right to act this way just because you're hot. Stop being disgusting. But at the end of the season, I did kind of like her. And I, you know, I was interested to see her become kind of like a sassy friend. You know, her, like her relationship with Styles was starting to kind of interest me and to Isaac as well. And it was just going to basically, yeah, I, I think that there could have been a lot, a lot happening. And I also liked having a female werewolf in our pack because it seems like mm-hmm. there's a few female werewolves coming that might be villains or something like that and I'm just yeah I was just interested in that and I don't know how they're gonna do it if she's not coming back I'm also sad for Derek that he's like failing at looking after all his little <laughs> like puppies like you know like it's not great and I, I oh. was hoping to see more from her and yeah I'm not not thrilled about it no yeah, I'm about the same. During the first part of season two, I, I really didn't like her. And you're not really supposed to mean supposed to like her, you know? I mean, she's not exactly the nicest person. And um, she kind of goes after Allison and, and wants to get with Scott and all that. So you're, she's not really supposed to be likable in the beginning. But later on, I definitely came to care about her a lot more, especially that whole scene about between her and Styles when she ma- she's like you make a good Batman like that mm. sort of just turned it for me I love that yeah, part yeah so I am sad to see her go and like you said we don't really have a whole lot of female werewolves we are going to be getting a couple but it's sad to see one of these ones go I mean they're kind of outnumbered and mm. that was another thing that was pretty popular with those Twitter responses a lot of people were like well you know now we're losing another girl and stuff like that. And also, I feel bad for Boyd because I feel like they they sort of had a thing going. Like, that could have been a potential um, romance between the two of them sometime down the road. And, and I was kind of rooting for them because I thought that could be really interesting and cool. And it just, I guess it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle that. Maybe in the beginning of season three, like, Boyd will come back. Because we know that he's coming back. Single Walls is going to be... He's been in back, season. yeah, I believe yeah. They've, they've shown that. And Maybe Dan- he'll show up and, and be like, well, Erica's dead. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, cause she, and she did, because Isaac, Daniel Sharman's definitely back. He's a regular... Boyd is coming back, but they've also said that Derek, in the beginning of season two, I mean, we're going to get into this obviously next week or whenever we we record our next episode, but when Scott's track finds out that Derek is making a pack and he's tracking people down, he's like, who else has Derek done this to? I know that he needs three to have, like, apparently like a pack, like to actually have pack powers needs to be an alpha and three betas. So he's not going to have Jackson. And he's not going to have Erica. So that's only two, unless Scott does actually allege himself to Derek as a as a beta, which may be something that happens maybe for the sake of fighting the Alpha Pack and they need Derek to be stronger. Or whether, Der- you know, Jackson or Erica still counts as Pack, even if they're not there on the screen. It, you know, if, if they're dead or if they actually break their allegiance and, and go to another Pack, whether that weakens Derek. So that's my other question. 
Yeah, that's a good point that, you know, maybe they not got rid of her because I don't think they're just like, okay, well, we don't want you anymore. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that it it worked out this way, maybe to make room for the storyline of Scott having to come into Derek's pack or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they needed to get, you know, yeah, needed to get rid of it. But I think it's definitely something that it's going to mean, like, if she chose to leave or whatever, that, yes, Derek's pack isn't at the strength to count as a pack if it only has two people in it besides him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my take on that. I'd be interested to see if any other, you know, I mean, it may be Cora. Like, Cora may be Derek's pack member and has been out looking for him for six years or something. I don't really... I'm still not sold on her necessarily being a werewolf. I think she might be... I've got... I In my head, Cora is a human of the Hale family that survived the fire. One of the kids who was human that they mentioned. But maybe she'll ask to be a werewolf. Maybe he'll bite her because that could definitely be a thing that humans born into werewolf families might want to be werewolves so they give them the bite. That could be something mm. that happens. We'll see. But yeah... I'm not feeling positive about Erica leaving. I was actually really looking forward to her development. The last thing that we've got for season one is we just thought we'd do a little bit of a trivia game in regards to some random details about the show that happened in season one. And it's not a hearty competition or anything, more of a just a you know, question and answer session about some trivia that we've looked up and and we're going to sort of quiz each other a little bit and if we don't know the answers, then we'll explain our own answers for for the other persons. Do you want to go first? Do you want to go one by one or what should we do? Yeah, we can go one by one, but you you go first. (laughs) Are you sure? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, are you sure? So my first one, some of mine are so obscure. They're just things that I noticed and was like eh, is the, some of the set decorating in Scott and Styles's rooms I wondered if you had at any point noticed any of the posters for bands on the wall in Styles's room or in Scott's room he has some equipment for another sport not lacrosse uh, another recreational activity and I wonder if you'd, if you'd notice that either as far as the goes I mean he had the baseball bat so is it baseball stuff no he has propped up against the wall and this is so weird and I keep noticing it as far as I can see skim boards do you know what skim boarding is it's like uh, no <laughs> okay it's it's a it's a water sport it's like a small round surfboard and you kind of you throw it on the sand as the as the waves wash over it on the shallows and you glide on it basically you glide across it and he has two as far as i can tell he has two skim boards propped against up on the wall in his room and i'm like is beacon hills on the coast when does he do the skim boarding i don't (laughs) understand why this is a thing but that is really random yeah and it's because it's so random is the reason that i always noticed it and i was like it's really strange to me so if if they're not skim boards and i'm i'm wrong Please tell me if anyone else has better eyes than I do, but I always I always found that very, very odd. Yeah, and, I'm probably not going to be able to, like, unnotice that now. Yeah. And as... <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Go I was ahead. just going to say, as far as Styles' room, I remember there being a poster on the wall. I think it's for a movie. I didn't think it was a band, but it's like a cartoon. And I know I've seen, like, that 
that image before, but I have no idea what it goes to. Yeah, he has a big stencil above his bed that's definitely, I don't think it's even a poster, it looks like a wall decal or something, and it's of like a, either a girl or like, it almost looks like a manga Harry Potter kind of person. It's it's got like a scarf and like black kind of hair. I don't know what that's for either, but he has a poster on the wall for the band All Time Low, and I'm familiar with the band All Time Low, and I don't think Styles would listen to All Time Low, so... Really? Yeah, that's, like, it's, I was was looking at, set dressing always amuses me. In like the first season of Glee, the Finn's room has like set dressing of like, bands that like I know he would never listen to it's like bands in like the emo scene like thrice and stuff that he would never listen to and it's like ridiculous but all time low eh it's it it's interesting to me as well because they don't it they they actually tend to not mention current things that much and and Jeff Davis has said that he's like oh yeah I'll make a reference to like Batman or Star Wars it's quite timeless but they don't mention too many current events or interests or things like that. So the fact that they have the posters like that does, you know, is a bit of an inconsistency to, to that attitude. But regardless of that, I'm familiar with All Time Low and I feel like Styles would not be a fan of All Time Low. But I guess they, <laughs> I guess the people just, you know, chose something and, and that's how it goes. And I just happened to notice it because, again, like the posters, uh, sorry, like the skimboards, I was like, Really? That's what they're putting, but oh well. <laughs> that movie poster is really going to bother me until I find it. Wait, okay, let's pause for a second because I think I may have found it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I don't think this is the same thing. Okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that poster is really going to bother me until I figure out what it is. So if anybody yeah. has seen that I mean, and knows what it is. It's like a witch. It's like a decal. Are you talking yeah. about the thing? And it's like... Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's, I'm sure it's like a witch, and they've got a scarf and black hair, and Mm. it could be a boy witch, I don't know, but it's almost like a wall decal, and it looks a bit like, like an anime kind of style drawing, and, or maybe he's on a snowboard, here's a picture, I don't know what it is, basically, but if anyone knows what it is, yeah, tell us, because, yeah, I've noticed it a bunch of times as well, and it could just be a decoration, or it could be from something. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to go ahead? Sure. Okay, mine are going to be so easy compared to Natalie's, just so you guys I'm know. I'm <laughs> so random, though. Don't, like, mine is <laughs> stupidly random, but go on. Okay, so what activity can't Tyler do on set because it's too dangerous? Which Tyler? Posey. Posey. Is it, I don't, is it something like, as in, like, in the filming he can't do? Like, he has to have a stunt double? Or, hang on a second. No, so. no. It's it's something he enjoys doing that he's not allowed to do on set because it's too dangerous for him. They don't want him to get hurt. I guess you could call it, like, a hobby. I don't know. Like, driving? Like, <laughs> like he, he's not allowed to drive? I don't know. No, what is it? <laughs> he's not allowed to skateboard. Oh. <laughs> nice. Does he, is he, is he that bad at it? Um, I I don't know. When you read it that way, it sort of makes it seem like it. But I think he, I read somewhere that, like, he's he grew up skateboarding, so he's probably been at it for a while. So he's probably pretty good, but they just don't want him to, like, break an ankle or something and not be able to film. Mm, fair enough. I remember <laughs> that after the, um, uh, there was a period in the middle of Big Bang Theory, I think it was, like, season three or four, where two of the stars went, horse riding on holidays or something and the girl Kaylee Cuoco who plays Penny broke her leg 
and she was oh. and basically they had to do like I think an episode in which her only appearance was like when she was at work and she was like standing behind the bar so she was just like propped up in her cast but not <laughs> showing the leg and the creator of that show does these title cards at the end of each episode like kind of giving like a they're usually like a funny kind of rant about sometimes something totally unrelated but in this one it was basically like telling the story about how he's now banned them all from horse riding and stuff like that and it was <laughs> it was funny but um yeah um, I can imagine, yeah, Tyler sort of smashing in his face and being like, eh, no big deal, but then being like, yeah. oh, you have a big gravel rash on your face and we can't really cover <laughs> that with makeup. Okay, my next one is, in the episode Lunatic, Scott hallucinates his test paper saying, you know, you're gonna kill, are you going to kill one of your friends? Are you going to kill all of your friends? Or, you know, whatever. Regardless of his hallucination, there is an inconsistency about that test do you know what it is um no i i remember looking at the test because i i do that sometimes like i look for those sort of things that might be out of place or like you know background characters faces to see if they're doing anything weird and i remember looking at the test and trying to read it but it went by too fast and i was too lazy to go back so no i don't (laughs) okay this may not be a terrible inconsistency it may just be that this has happened you know who was supervising the exam or whatever But the teacher taking the exam was Harris, who's a chemistry teacher. Uh, He was the person looking after the class and who, you know, was calling after Scott and Stiles when they ran out. And the test itself was economics, not chemistry. And Harris obviously teaches Mm -hmm. chemistry and Finstock teaches economics. So it could just be that he was supervising the test, which I guess did happen when we had exams at our school. But... Yeah, that was something I I always noticed. I was like, hang on, that's not the right subject for that teacher. We actually know the subject of the the teacher who takes this class. So, yeah, Yeah. that was a random thing that I noticed. (laughs) Okay, my next one is the sounds from which animals are used to make the wolf growls on Teen Wolf? Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Presumably not wolves. Uh, (laughs) Um. No. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to think what they sound like. Sound... Is it a canine? Is it another dog animal? Or... No. Like, is it a bear? Nope. Um, crocodile. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying things. <laughs> no. Gorilla. Yes. Really? Yeah. Actually, one of the big alpha noises does remind me a bit of a gorilla. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. I'm... Yeah, I That's looked so them random. up. Looked up videos of gorillas <laughs> growling. Um, on YouTube, and then got like sidetracked by cat videos, but that's a whole different story. Um, and I, I think they must like you know deepen it or something. But yeah, yeah it's, they're they're quite intimidating. So that's just kind of strange, but cool. I mean, I wonder why they don't use wolf growls. Mm, maybe it doesn't sound fierce enough or something. I don't yeah. know. I suppose it's interesting because gorilla is like a primate, like a human. So like the vocal cords changing between. Like a wolf and a person, like it's a gorilla is a pretty good mix, actually. Like, yeah, oh, I can back that. Good call. That's really good. Yeah. Like maybe they sound more wolf-like and like bark and actually sound or howl when they're actually in a full wolf form. But like Scott or Derek or whatever isn't in a full wolf form. And yeah, I just made that up off the top of my head. Go me. <laughs> Okay, my last one is just like a, a notice thing, paying attention thing, and it's it's. Do you know the lacrosse numbers on the jerseys of 
Scott, Styles, Jackson, or Danny? Uh, see, and I feel so bad because I feel like I should know this because I've seen it a million times, but I'm so bad at remembering numbers. So um, I think one of them is 11, I think. And I think there's like 21 is another one or 24. I, uh, I'm i going to say, okay, I'm going to say Jackson's 21, Styles is 11. No, Scott's 11. No. I don't know. I don't know. Just tell me. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Scott is eleven. That's the. Oh, okay. That's the only. That's the only one they mention. Like you see them all, but they mention it when Allison goes to the game with her dad. He says, "Which one's Scott?" And she says, "Number 11. Yeah, I was trying to remember what that was for, and I couldn't yeah. remember if she said yeah. that about him or Jackson. Scott's number eleven, and Styles is twenty-four. So you, that you, there's twenty-four is definitely one. Danny, I believe, is five, and Jackson's is thirty-seven, which is so random. It's like I, like yeah. I don't know how they pick numbers, but yeah, Jackson is thirty-seven, which I didn't remember. I had to look up because that just seems like a really random number for the captain or whatever to have. But oh well. Yeah. Hmm. And Isaac's next season is fourteen, I think. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it is. That if you go online on one of our on. On any of the you know t-shirt sites that make fan you know where fans make t-shirts, you can get printed t-shirts that have their names and and lacrosse numbers on it. So that's that's something that you know you can get yourself a fake Styles jersey or something like that. Yeah. Should you want one? I was trying to picture them in my head because I've looked at them before and I yeah. just, I couldn't remember. But yeah, well, at least I was kind of close yeah. after like eight guesses. <laughs> Okay, so my last question is this one. The scene when people show up at Lydia's door for the party is an homage to which 80s movie? I have no idea. I'm, I don't know <laughs> 80s movie. Is it, like, for a fact? Like, it's meant to be, like, a, a thing? Like... Yes. Yeah, it was actually... Um, is it in the commentary or something? Or No, no, I actually haven't listened to the commentary. I don't have the DVD yet, but the... I don't remember exactly when this was, but when Jeff Davis was on Twitter, mm. here, um, <laughs> yeah. he did a whole like Teen Wolf trivia thing, oh, and yeah. he hashtagged it, and so I kind of cheated and just pulled that up and was hoping that See, you hadn't seen them before. When they show up to the and party, so in the, mentioned, no, I don't know what, what, which one it is. It's Weird Science. Okay, and this is which party? The first party, um, or? say her... Her birthday party where nobody shows up at first. Where Styles brings the drag queens. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. It's I'm going to have to check it. Weird science, so. No, I'm going to have to check it. Fair enough. No, I did not know that. So your trivia was not easy compared to mine. It was the Yay. same amount of hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I hope that you, you know... Everyone enjoyed our little non-competitive trivia game and maybe one day we'll have an actual competitive one or maybe we'll get a guest on to do a, you know, lightning round of hardcore trivia or something like that. (laughs) If anyone has any other suggestions for games, perhaps we we can do that at some point as well. Okay, so after all of that, we will finish up our bite sized episode now and start mentally preparing for season two. Yeah, if you have anything that you want to ask about, you know, the upcoming episodes of Season 2, Episode 1 and 2 of of Season 2, or if you have anything about this, as I said, the contact info is at the beginning of the episode, but it's, you know, Twitter, Tumblr, email us, 
whatever you want. Comment on the Hyperball page, of course. And we will see you soon to start Season 2 of Teen Wolf. So I'll say bye for now. Bye. Bye, guys. My first discussion point here in our list of um, discussion points is... No, that was stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. I can hear dog going mental. Thanks for that dog. Shh, dog. Shh. <laughs> I'm sorry. My voice is just... It's, it's, not, it's not doing what I'm wanting it to do. It's not doing what I'm, my mind is, is telling it to do. So just give me one second. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Good start.